0: I am the sun and the air Of a shyness that is criminally vulgar I'm the center, Of nothing in particular You shut your mouth, how can you say I go about things the wrong way
1: Merry meet and welcome to an extra-large episode of Twilight's Herbal Power Hour. I'm your witchy host, Twilight DeLuca. Today's episode is all about herbs and remedies to help battle cold, flu, and other chest infections like bronchitis and pneumonia. I'll be speaking about certain herbs that are especially good at easing these maladies. Our first herb hails from the land out under, a.k.a. Australia. It has been used in both traditional Aboriginal remedies as well as various over-the-counter cold remedies. A warning to you lovely listeners who might not know this, but the leaves of this tree are toxic if they are consumed fresh. Follow the advice of a professional herbalist with this and any other herb. Do not give this herb to children or babies. The urban question, or tree rather, is none other than the mighty 159 foot eucalyptus tree. The leaves are often distilled to produce essential oil used in many things such as lozenges and steam inhalations. The leaves themselves can be used in capsules, infusions, tinctures, and gargles. Uses for eucalyptus are varied indeed due to its marked antiseptic activity among many others which makes eucalyptus effective against infections and fevers. It's also effective for colds, flus, and sore throats. Eucalyptus is an expectorant, which means it helps loosen mucus and helps us cough it up. That makes it good for chest infections such as bronchitis and pneumonia, to name a couple. Eucalyptus essential oil, when diluted, can be applied to the skin as a chest or sinus rub due to it having a warming and slightly anesthetic property. This property is also applied to tinctures and or gargles made with eucalyptus. Something many people might not know is eucalyptus essential oil, diluted of course, is helpful in relieving rheumatic joint pain and stiffness, neuralgia, and even some bacterial skin infections. Our next herb is native to the central US. The name is derived from the Greek word for hedgehog, echidna. This herb is the lovely echinacea. This beautiful herb is endangered in the wild so most of these herbs are now commercially grown. Echinacea has a host of good actions like immune modulating, detoxifying and being antimicrobial to name a few. Research has proven that echinacea raises white blood cell count and the strength. One of the folk names for echinacea is Indian snake root due to its ability to treat snake snakebite. The Comanche Indians used echinacea to treat toothaches and sore throats, while the Sioux Indians used it to treat snake bites, rabies, and septic conditions. In Western medicine, it is used to treat many health problems such as viral and fungal infections. Echinacea is also used to treat acne and boils. It makes an excellent gargle for throat infections and herbalists prescribed echinacea for underperforming immune systems. Echinacea is helpful in treating allergies like asthma. The parts of the flower used are the flowers themselves and the roots. They can be prepared as a tincture, decoction, capsules, and tablet. herb number three is native to southeastern europe and western asia but grows in parts of the u.s and is cultivated its botanical name is derived from helen of troy its name el campani it was first medically used by the romans who ate it as well El campani is related to echinacea, sunflowers, and common fleabane. The largest key constituent of Elcampani is inulin, which was first isolated in 1804. It has mucilaginous qualities that make it an effective soother for bronchial linings. Another constituent, a volatile oil or essential oil ingredient called allantolactone, has been shown through research to have significant activity against the tuberculosis myobacterium. Researchers in Ireland found that L root has a potent effect against MRSA. L. was used as a treatment for tuberculosis in the past and can also be used in conjunction with other herbs to treat tonsillitis. The parts used are the roots. L can be made into decoctions, tinctures, or syrups. Our fourth herb is indigenous or native to the good old U.S. of A. It was used as an emetic or to induce vomiting, hence the folk name of pukeweed. This herb was also used as a tobacco substitute and thus was given the folk name of Indian tobacco. If you guessed Lobelia, you were correct. If you grow it yourself, it loves acidic soil. There are several types of this herb and each has a different use. Great Lobelia, or Lobelia syphilitica, was used by Native Americans and European settlers alike to cure syphilis. Chinese lobelia is used mainly as a diuretic and to treat snake bite. Lobelia is strongly antispasmodic and its constituent lobeline stimulates the respiratory center within the brain stem, which in turn produces stronger and deeper breathing. During laboratory investigations in the 1990s, it was suggested that lobeline has antidepressant activity. Due to its powerful antispasmodic and respiratory stimulating actions, lobelia is valuable for asthma treatment, especially bronchial asthma and chronic bronchitis. Lobelia helps relax the muscles of the smaller bronchial tubes, opening the airways and stimulating breathing and the coughing up of phlegm. In Anglo-American herbal tradition, lobelia is paired with cayenne to help push blood into the areas that lobelia relaxes. Outside the body, lobelia helps relax muscles, smooth muscle in particular, making it useful for sprains and back problems due to muscle tension. Combined with cayenne, lobelia is useful as a sinus and chest rub. Lobeline has a similar chemical effect to nicotine and so is employed by herbalists to help patients give up smoking. The parts of lobelia used are the aerial parts. Lobelia can be made into a tincture, an infusion, or tablets with other herbs.
0: See the moon tonight, smiling down She graces the night
1: herb is from east south africa but is also commercially cultivated due to high demand for the root its key use for centuries was as a remedy for coughs respiratory infections and gastrointestinal disorders in the early 1900s charles stevens brought european attention to this herb due to it curing his tuberculosis in large doses this wonderful herb is called pelargonium Scientific laboratory research of pelargonium has shown that it is very effective against many types of bacteria, most notably those responsible for ear, nose, throat, and chest infections, as well as the herpes virus. During the last 15 to 20 years, German research has established conclusively that pelargonium is safe and effective treatment for problems affecting the upper respiratory tract and chest. Clinical trials have shown its effectiveness in treating acute and chronic bronchitis, tonsillitis, sinusitis, and the common cold, reducing symptom intensity and speeding recovery. There have been several clinical trials that have shown that pelargonium is effective, safe, and well-tolerated medicinally for children as young as 1 years old to treat cold, sore throats, and sinus problems. Pelargonium is now available in health stores to treat upper respiratory problems and chest infections. It mixes well with elderberry extract, which is also safe for children. In South Africa, pelargonium is used for tuberculosis, painful periods, liver disease, and gastroenteritis. Our sixth and final herb is native to Europe and thrives in woods, hedges, and open areas. It was a famous wand component in Harry Potter. If you guessed Elder, then you were correct, you Potterhead, you. Elder is valuable in treating cold, flu, and chest conditions in adults and children. In 1995, Israeli research showed that 90% of people recovered in two to three days when given elderberry extract compared to a six-day recovery period for placebo users. In 2014, further reviews showed good scientific evidence of elderberry extract being safe for children and adults alike to fight colds, flu, and chest infections. berries have an established antiviral activity, thus helping to speed recovery from upper respiratory complaints like colds and flu. The flowers are taken to promote sweating and release fevers by cooling the body. Infuse the flowers and drink to soothe colds and flus. The flowers also tone the mucous lining of the nose and throat, increasing their resistance to infection, and is prescribed for chronic congestion, ear infections, and allergies. When infused with other herbs, Elder is effective for treating hay fever if taken months before the season. Elder flowers help with arthritis as well due to its sweat and urine stimulation. It removes waste buildup that contributes to arthritis. The flowers and berries are also mildly laxative and help lower blood pressure. The flowers appear to help control diabetes and the berries appear to enhance immune function. Well, that's today's podcast. Join me next time for more herbs. Stay healthy, friends.
0: Time's come to play